Okay, now we can proceed to talk about nothing. It's kind of like a reverse mullet. Party in the front, business in the back. This is Founder Quest. How's it going? So I'm working on this print fiction migration. And, you know, I've been thinking about what to do here. You know, we, so we got this outreach from Printfection about our pricing going up, in our case, dramatically. And uh, we decided, you know, we just, we just don't want to pay that much for what we're getting. So I'm going through all of our inventory, looking at our the Printfection items that we have, shirts and stickers and so on. And uh, just like thinking, where, where? So I've got to, I've got to send it somewhere. Like, well, I guess mm -hmm. I have to send it to myself. I'm like, I, do I really want to get a box of 800 shirts? <laughs> it's like, a, no, I really don't. But I don't see there's much of a choice. Well, there we could just we could just pay Printfection. Well, I guess yeah, that is the other option. Yeah, I'm still, I'm actually personally, I'm on the fence about it because, like, yes, it is a, a dramatic price increase, but the value that they provide us is fairly dramatic in my, from my perspective. I'm not sh quite sure like what price I attach to that, but I definitely attach more than $75 a month, which is what we were paying them, um, <laughs> which just seems, just seems insane to me. Like I see why they would raise their prices like in their defense. Like how much is it raised by? I forget. I, I looked at it originally, but I forget. It's like, I think 500 or 500 a month. Yeah. Okay. Now to be fair, like we should explain like they, they've had this, they, they raised their prices. Like, I think like a, a, a couple years ago, cause I remember when they went up and I was like, man, I'm really glad that we got this like sweet, you know, like sweetheart deal that they, you know, let all their past customers keep. But apparently like they went through the same progression as you know, or whatever, same, uh, logic as us, like over time, like, you know, we're like, we're, <laughs> we're probably taking yeah. them for everything they're worth. I should probably, <laughs> I should probably back up and explain in case this makes it into the actual podcast that um, Printfection is a company that we have used to, that they're an inventory company. They keep our shirts and all of our swag. And when we want to mail it to people, we just give them the address or give, you know, they have forms that people can fill in themselves and magically shirts and stuff gets, get mailed out. To when, them. when we want to give someone a shirt, what we do is we, we uh, mention our badger bot in Slack to uh, shirt me and it gives us a shirt link that we then send to someone. It's like a magical shirt bot, like a swag bot, which is a uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I have a couple of thoughts on this. The first one is, I mean, we were paying 75 bucks a month plus like shipping fees and handling and all that. Right. We played a, paid a certain amount to have things shipped out. Yeah. And the second is that like, as the person who was previously kind of in charge of mailing out shirts, it is a huge, huge time suck and a giant pain in the ass. I've got a closet full of shirts still that is just like, like warehoused at this point. I don't yes, want to go back like, to that. <laughs> it is such a pain in the, in the, in the yeah. ass. So while it's like, yeah, 500 a month is a lot. Is, it seems like a lot. If like Ben Curtis ended up sending out the shirts, I am 100% sure that you would spend more than $500 a month in your yeah, time. Yeah, we're going to pay it. someone like $300 an hour <laughs> to, 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 to ship yeah. shirts. <laughs> so what you're saying is, since I'm the only person that hasn't actually done the shirt shipping, that I'm not a good person to judge the value oh, of this service. Ben, you don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> 
Yeah, I when I found perfection, I I was seriously like I thought I had I had died and gone to heaven. <laughs> I was just like, please take this off of my plate. So why are, why are you even letting me have an opinion on this? You should be like, Ben, shut up. We already we know what we're doing. We're paying the five hundred bucks a month. Just just deal with it. Well, everybody has to have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. So I guess there's a couple reasons why this is just hard, right? So first of all. I'll just, since, you know, most of our readers probably haven't um, dealt with swag much, I'll just go, go through and explain, you know, why it's such a pain in the neck and you don't actually want to do it yourself. So essentially, when you order t-shirts from the printer, usually, usually they come in a big box that's just full of shirts. They're not nicely individually wrapped or anything like that. And maybe you can, maybe some printers offer that as a service. But um, when I got them, they tended to be just giant boxes of shirts. So that means like if you want to say go to a conference and put them on display, you have to like fold them up or roll them up in some way. Um, if you want to mail them out, you've got to fold them up into a dimension that will fit flat and be nice like in the little mailer. You've got to make sure you've got the right size of mailers at all times. You've got to, you know, basically have a little postage setup where you're always going to stamps.com or whatever and, you know, buying your stamps. Then here's here's a little a little something that I didn't really expect, but you know we often would have people want shirts who are not inside the United States. At which time you have to fill out customs forms, you have to drive to the post office and drop things off. Like it's just a huge, huge pain in the neck. You're bringing back was, memories with the like the folding shirts before conferences because like there were multiple. And I just remember like like entire evenings like the night before my flight. Like me and Kaylin, oh, yeah, yeah. me and Kaylin just like folding shirts for my, for and my not suitcase. Only that, not only that, but you remember how we had to get the shirts to the conferences? They weren't just delivered <laughs> okay. and folded to the conference organizers. They were so, <laughs> like, we, we, we checked them. We checked bags. One of, time. Okay. Listen, one time I checked a bag of shirt. Uh, I, I checked a whole box like this, like, like 25 pound box of shirts. And I think it was to like Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's like the airport there is like a 45 minute drive in rush hour traffic to the hotel. And I was like, we were five minutes away from the hotel when I realized the box was still at checking. Like I hadn't picked it up at the baggage claim. No. So like an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, I had, um, and so these boxes of shirts are big, right? They're like two and a half feet cubed. Right. And yeah, they weigh, it seemed like, it seemed like more than 20 or 30 pounds. It seemed like 40 or 50 pounds. Maybe 50. Um, Let's go with shirts, 50. 50. Yeah. Shirts are heavy. <laughs> and so I was at a conference in Denver and I'd never been there before. And the cab driver dropped me off in the wrong location. So I was humping a giant box of t-shirts around downtown Denver, looking for the right place. <laughs> Just like it sweat was, dripping down your face. Yeah, it was miserable. And when I got there, I just kind of like, I found my table. The shirts weren't folded or anything because, you know, uh, timelines. And I just sort of, <laughs> I made a pile as best I could. And the other thing is that if they're not like individually wrapped and labeled and stuff, people have to dig through them to find their size, right? Because the size is written on the label inside the shirt. Yeah. And so if you don't have everything like nicely, neatly organized beforehand, like five minutes in, and you they will just will. have a big pile of shirts. Like, 
there will be no organization it's, it's, anymore. It's mayhem. It be, yeah, it is mayhem. It's <laughs> it's you know it's Fight Club in there. It's developers love their shirts. <laughs> this this is awesome. I can I can see myself right now going back to Kyle for infection, saying, you know what, we're happy to pay that five hundred dollars. Please, please don't raise the price ever again. I hope they don't listen to this podcast, or they're going to come back to you with a <laughs> with a higher like, price. Well, our rates are now tripled. I mean, the, the things that are cool about Printfection, though, as I was going through here, because you can they do the one-off things like we like we like Josh described. We have that Badger bot which can send a link to somebody, and then they just go fill in their info and they get their one shirt. But Printfection also does um, a dropship option, so you can go in and you can do a bulk order. And one of the and that's what I was arranging just now, like a bulk order to myself. But one of the things that you can do, I think, is pretty cool. <laughs> All your stories of folding and, and rolling and labeling stuff. So Printfection has this option where if you do a drop ship to like a conference, you can have them do the individual rolling and labeling yeah, of that's, each individual shirt. That's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> I think it's 50 cents per 50, item. 50 pounds of gold. That's a, that's a <laughs> lot of gold. <laughs> you know, I, I will say for the, like the, the amount of airtime that we've given Printfection um, since the start of this podcast, like they, they really should throw us a little bit of a... <laughs> A little bit of a discount. We have promoted yeah, them heavily. Totally. Maybe, maybe that's why we got the cheap rate for so long. Yeah, it could be. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, if we had, if we have listeners who have gone to sign up with Printfection because of our recommendations on the show, they should definitely email us so they can forward those to Printfection and say, "Hey, look, look at all these customers yeah. we sent you." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, like my own personal opinions, like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. If I, I wouldn't recommend, you know, just like not having any kind of service, like yeah. if there's a different service that would work like, cool. But if it's just, you know, yeah, we could replace it. It's just, I don't, I, I'm not like sure what, uh, what's going to be cheaper. I haven't done the like research, the options, but I assume like this is a, it's a pretty involved business. So, I mean, I assume it's going like anyone who's doing that level of service is going to charge for it. Like, you know, yeah. something. It seems like the most direct competitor for our purposes would be swag.com. Mm. And I haven't reached out to them yet. So I don't know if they do the one-off thing or if they're really focused around the, the bulk thing, but their pricing is, is little, would be for us a little cheaper than Printfection, like, because they charge you, they charge you about Let's see, some products that are like shirts, they'll charge you one cent per day per product. So yeah. per day of storage per month, right? So that work out to a couple hundred bucks, I think, per month for us. And then of course there's shipping and picking and packing on, on top of that. So it'd be a little cheaper, maybe, maybe half the cost. But again, I don't know if they do the, the one-off mailing like we can do with infection. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, the other complication is like we've for the longest time wanted to do a store. Like we wanted to have a store where people can actually buy these shirts. And so that's another wrinkle that I've been thinking about. So, yeah. okay, well, go ahead and do that then. Let's get all this inventory. Let's send it over to a fulfillment house. But again, I don't know what the prices are on those companies. Well, and I know that like there, there are ways to like connect services like Printfection to Shopify stores and have them act as the fulfillment so that you kind of get you can use it, you know, you get it for both types of delivery. But I was looking at Printfection. That is one area where they, they seem to be lacking a little bit, bit. Like their documentation is like like linking to Zapier and stuff. So 
there may be an option, but I, I know that people like, I know people that have set up swag stores that have used like a backend, I think like Printfection, I forget what the, I forget what the services are, but I know there are alternatives that, that have been used. So we could always look into that. We should just put all the, the swag on Amazon and have just send it to the Amazon um, fulfillment centers. Yeah. yeah. So the problem with that give plan, us, and I, I did think give about us like that. a, a like like a one dollar coupon or something. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The problem with that is that Amazon is pretty picky about what they will put in their warehouses. They want stuff to move. And oh, that like, makes sense. Yeah. We, yeah. We don't move. I was really just joking. Like, <laughs> I, we couldn't like tell Amazon to send like a thousand shirts to, a, you know, <laughs> yeah. a gigantic conference that doesn't exist. Well, I mean, I actually thought about it. So, you know, <laughs> but yeah, well, their FBA like, if you go like the, if you go like the full, uh, like e-commerce, like your own setting up your own fulfillment and stuff, like at some point, like you're, I mean, I don't know, that seems like you're still doing a lot of work that a service like Printfection is doing for you. Like they're consolidating all of the, all of the things that you would have to manage still, right? You talk about the picking, packing and shipping? I guess, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it would be more involved to just like pick like some sort of like warehouse, right? That, I don't know, it seems like it would be. I think, yeah, I mean, you'd also have to, to deal with the printer then too, right? Yeah. Right. Cause like, yeah, it would be something to manage, right? right? Yeah. Like well, logistics. I guess is what I'm talking about. Yeah, you have to coordinate all those moving pieces. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So here's my my business idea for anybody with um, anybody with like a warehouse and like the ability to write a Rails app is like just yeah, put people's t-shirts in your warehouse and then make a Rails app and you just mail them out for people and you can charge several hundred dollars a month plus shipping, you know, plus individual shipping fees. Mm -hmm. Now, one one other option is Printful. That's what our friends I've heard of that one. use. Yeah, and yeah. I think if you were just starting out, that would be a great option because it's print on demand, right? Mm -hmm. Versus like Printfection, where you have to have a certain amount of inventory. Yeah, so I don't. I, I haven't looked closely at Printful. Maybe they would actually be a great fit for us. Maybe they can do the warehousing as well. I just I don't know. I haven't looked yet. But if we were to do this over again, I would go down that path rather than printing up a couple hundred shirts at a time. Yeah. Like some of the print on de demand services back in the day that we tried to use, like we had some trouble with just because of the, uh, the quality of our t-shirt designs and the fact that we're a uh, kind of perfectionist. So we want yeah. like really nice t-shirts and not every printer is set up to do like, you know, really nice graphic tees, you know? So I'm not a graphic designer, but there's, there's a, you know, a lot that goes into that process. If you're doing like detail in your in your designs and stuff one wrinkle is that our t-shirts are very the illustrator puts a lot of detail in them and screen printing processes are you know the the ones that most screen printers use are fine for like blocky type things but if you want a lot of detail they've got to use special types of screens like you've got to essentially tell them to use that because they won't necessarily notice it and use them by default and um, like that costs a little extra and, and all that. Maybe that was more our problem is that we just didn't know what to ask for initially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I'm totally uh, happy with the decision to uh, like make super detailed, awesome t-shirt designs because it really has set us apart over the years. Yeah, that's been a good thing. Yeah. A plus would buy again.
well, we'll figure something out to uh, mail out our. Speaking of t-shirt designs, it's been a long time since we. We need to. Design. Yeah, we should get back on the oh, yeah. swag design. Yeah. Well, maybe we should do the. Uh, we have a couple in the in the archives. I think still we could bust out some. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Maybe that would be a good uh, a good trial, like of of another fulfillment house, right? We could we could set up with Printful, maybe, and come up with a new design, or use one of our yeah. designs in the vault, and uh, yeah, do a trial run. Well, then you'd have uh, somewhere to ship the shirts from the other the, from the loser. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, that's not that's yeah. not your garage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually thinking like, okay, which address do I want to send them to? My my home or my uh, or the UPS store where we have our mailing address? And I was like, well, uh, I don't have room in my house for them, so I guess I should send it to the UPS store because then I can just take it straight to my office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the complications. I'm looking at Printful right now, and I'm just wondering. Looks like yes, like per shirt, they are like more expensive. Like it's saying, I don't know, thirteen dollars a shirt, and I think we probably pay. I don't really know at this point, maybe six, seven, eight, nine. I, I remember six from a long time ago, but that was when I was really trying to get the cost down. So I think there are probably more now. And I was like, well, like how many shirts do we send out in a month? If we add up the total costs, I'm wondering if it's, you know, yeah. similar or less or, or more. We don't send out a ton usually. Yeah, Although I think Ben's thinking about sending more like dropship type things yep. maybe. Yeah. Yep. And here's, I'm looking at the Printful site and they do have um, warehousing. So apparently you can store a bunch of inventory with them and they have their storage fees section is kind of weird though. I mean, for me, cause I'm not used to like inventory. I mean, for them, I'm sure it makes sense. But for me as a customer that has no experience, it's like they do it by per cubic foot, depending on how many units you have. So if you have, I think we'd fall in the 201 to 1000 units category. And if you have that, bucket then it's a dollar 30 per cubic foot I'm like how how many cubic feet do our shirts take i don't i don't yeah. know i mean i know many like, shirts we have but not that many so this is like, like like how many errors am i gonna exactly app gonna generate <laughs> <laughs> pricing is hard <laughs> i mean a box of shirts like the boxes they used to that we used to schlep around the airports i'm just imagining they were four or five cubic feet or wait, no, they're, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's totally like Honey Badger. Like, you don't know how much you're going to pay until you get into it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many errors my app throws. Until you, till you like, out. ship the boxes. <laughs> yeah. I think what I'll do then is I'll just, I'll hang off on this, uh, I'll hold off on this uh, drop shipment to myself and uh, maybe give Printful a shot and see if we can get that set up and make it do two at the same time and see which one we like better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, if we pay, you know, I don't mind paying five hundred a month for a while anyway. I mean, like it's worth it's worth not shipping them to your house to like, yeah, yeah. It's like whatever we do is probably going to be more than seventy five a month. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, if if it ends up if principal ends up being like one or two grand a year cheaper, like I'm not even sure that's worth the trouble. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah. See, this is the thing. Like, like. We're not like as small as we used to be. Like we're right. We're like constantly reaching a different level, and it's weird doing things that like before you would have just like you know it would have like blown your mind that you're gonna like pay five hundred dollars a month for just you know like to store some t-shirts, but you know now it's it's worth it. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. 
sometimes I'm still in the really scrappy. scrappy now, I mean, it's not, it's not bad to keep that, you know, keep that mindset and just like adjust it proportionally. Maybe, you know, it's, it's still good to be, to be frugal or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's sort of using third-party services is kind of how we're able to keep our headcount low. Yeah. Headcount is the, the major expense of a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, like these are these are all expenses that allow us to run a, like a virtual like a virtual company. Like, you know, I mean, if you think about all the expenses that you would have if you were doing things like you know, like some other larger companies that are more traditional. I mean, there's employees that we don't have that you know. I mean, the, you know, the the alternative for like a a larger competitor might be to like hire some, you know, lower level employees that don't mind huffing shirts to, <laughs> to conferences and suitcases so, or, or whatever, showing up to, to move them around. If we end up doing, you know, whatever changing with our, uh, our fulfillment stuff and our swag, we, we definitely should get some more swag. Like we, we totally need some socks, you know, maybe, maybe a tie. Yeah. Like, uh, Cause Shirts are cool, but you know we gotta gotta have some variety in there. Now I'm not low tie. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna say like we do do things like I don't know USB charging battery things. You know I don't yeah go no down something that path, unique. But yeah, people love hard. socks. Oh. I gotta people they do say socks. they do love socks. Yeah, I've also seen like a like a lounge like pants and things like like stuff for work from home uh, leisure wear. I guess is what you'd call it. <laughs> COVID survival gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking, I was like, if we did hire an, an admin, would like, how rude would it be to be like, here's a box of shirts, keep it in your garage, <laughs> <laughs> mail them out. I don't know. They may be like, I'm getting paid to do this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll but, fold shirts for money. <laughs> but also like all the labeling and all the like rolling up and yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just work, right? It's like, it's a job. Yeah. That's true. But also it's, I don't know. It's like the sort of thing. It's like, it seems like. When you have like an employee, you need to be able to tell them what to do. You need to be able to like show them and train them so that the next, you know, if they want to go somewhere else, like the next person, you can do the same thing. And it's just like, I'm just imagining trying to like remotely yeah. be like, okay, now show me how you've rolled up the shirts and how are you securing them so they don't unroll. And like, it just seems like such a pain in the ass. Yeah. And then when like, if that person ever wants to like leave, or move on from the company. It's like, okay, now you have to like put in your two weeks and you have to ship like six boxes of shirts. Yeah. It's like mail to, uh, shirts. to someone. And where do they send them? Yeah. They send them to Ben. That's the answer. Ben Curtis is where they send them. <laughs> yeah. But I know you, you can't quit until you get rid of all the shirts. So you got to yeah. find a way to do a promotion or something. <laughs> Next thing you know, you get down to the high school and like every kid there has got like three honey badger shirts because <laughs> they just drove down there and dropped off a box. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This reminds me, I don't know if I share this online, but when we were first started doing the shirts and I was, I was fulfilling them myself, we ran a ad in Ruby Weekly where we were like, you know, hey, come get your free t-shirt. So we're like, okay, Ruby Weekly, they're all Rubyists. Like, sure, I'll send every Rubyist a t-shirt. That sounds like a great option. But then... We got posted somehow on like a message board of like <laughs> free stuff where you just like fill out a form and people fill you free stuff. And I'm like, why am I sending all these shirts? Like there's a lot of shirts that want to go to India right now. 
Like there's a lot of like, I didn't know Ruby Weekly's audience was like so like international. I mean, I know it's international, but the overwhelming proportional <laughs> shirt requests we were getting were from places where we didn't have many customers. <laughs> and so, yeah. So eventually I think I asked somebody or whatever. They're like, yeah, I found you on this thing. I was just like, oh no. So I, <laughs> I was kind of a jerk. I was just like, I'm sorry. It's like no more international orders until this, <laughs> you know, this is cleared out because it costs a lot of money to send things internationally. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there, apparently there are like boards where people share like swag, like yeah, swag don't deals. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> The, the things you learn when you have no idea what you're doing in marketing. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's great. It's like these shirts aren't free. I'm not just like giving them out to the world because I want to give shirts out to the world. Well, probably not the most important thing for us to think about as far as the business goes. But but yeah, sometimes you just got to deal with the with the details, you know? Yep. Yeah, this is, this is truly what small business is about. <laughs> Well, we got a lot done this week on uh, in open source land. Yeah, so I talk about the that. contractors. Oh, right. Y'all are, are rocking and rolling with the contractors. I'm onboarded a couple of contractors so far, and uh, they're already solving problems for us, and it's great. Yeah, we we uh, shipped a bunch of uh, new releases already. This we did like a couple of PHP releases. I had a few uh, of my own bug fix, you know, typical releases, but yeah, making progress. So that's exciting. And it's really nice actually, like just being able to like, cause I had, I'd gotten like immersed back in the details for, you know, for a while there over the last year or so. And like, it's really nice to like step back again and just like do some like higher level management and spend time documenting issues and just have continual progress being made. Like I realized like I'm a lot happier doing that, I think, than getting stuck in a project when I, re- when I know like there's like. 10 other things that need to, that, you know, also need to be happening. I need to be better at delegating. And so, yeah, it feels, feels good. Good. I feel, I kind of feel the same way about the blog stuff. It's nice to have stuff happening when I'm not capable of doing it in the moment. Well, it feels like too, there are certain personality types that are more inclined towards delegating well than others. You know, some, some people have the control freak perfectionist kind of trait where they just want to make sure everything is just so and not necessarily Mm -hmm. like quote right but but like you know they have a particular opinion about the way something should be and they want it done that way and they don't trust anybody else to do it that way right and so they have a hard time delegating i think i fall into that trap myself and so but i think there are other people who are like yeah i totally see the benefit of having other people helping me get my stuff done so delegate away you know they have no qualms about that yeah so I think it sometimes you have to like check and see where you are on that, you know, personality spectrum and see, you know, uh, can I, is this something that I really need to overcome or can I leverage my particular quirks, you know, for, for greater good, for much justice? Yeah, I definitely feel a pull of both, you know, the, the light side and the dark side of the force. Do y'all ever read uh, E-Myth? Oh, a long time ago. Back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. A long time ago. I, I uh, Reviewed it again recently um, because we've been working with a uh, like a business consultant over at the consulting company, Hint. It had been a long time since I read it, so just kind of like skimmed it again. But they've got the concept of the uh, like the man, like the like a business owner has um, like three roles that you are constantly like being having to uh, 
manager, maybe they're in conflict to some extent, but it's like the manager, the entrepreneur and the technician. And I've, you know, I get stuck in the technician side of things when I'm like, when I'm just like, you know, I, I have the technical knowledge to do this and like no one else can, there's no one else like capable of solving this problem except me. And so I'll just like dive in and do it. And then I come up, you know, I like two weeks later, I, uh, finally take another breath and realize like, I'm, yeah, I'm back in the technician mindset. I need to need to get out. I think the, the trap that I fall into on the technician mindset is not that no one else can do this, but that it's faster for me to do it. Yeah. Well that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think parents have this all this struggle as well, right? It's like, well, I, <laughs> yes. could, I could help my kid learn how to unload the dishwasher or I could just do it. Yeah. Right. And there, get it done. Am I going to like manage my kid <laughs> to clean up the living room for like two hours? <laughs> yeah. Or am I yeah. going to just do it myself real quick in, in 10 or 15 minutes? <laughs> yep. And, you know, one approach leads to more growth than the other. So, yeah, the struggle is real. Yeah. But I appreciate the all the delegation work that you've been doing lately because it's it's really motivated me to try and get over my own hesitation to delegate more. So, yeah, working on it. It's a continual like I don't know like it's it's something that you have to keep keep working at because like it's definitely not a solved problem just because I found someone you know I found some people to do stuff right now. It's like those people aren't going to be around forever. They might not be interested in the in this work forever. Also like trying to make sure like I, I manage them effectively and keep them, you know, keep the work interesting and not a drag on them. You know, like you don't, you don't want to like burn people out or just like you need to manage people still. So like, that's, that's something I'm learning. Like even with, you know, one-off contractors, like you still need to manage people and try to uh, help them be successful. Otherwise they, you know, don't like what they're doing and they don't want to work for you anymore. I think the reason that in the past when I tried to delegate stuff, it didn't quite work out like I, I expected is because when I delegated something, I kind of expected the person to be another me. I kind of expected it to be like, okay, now clone, go off and just do this thing. And you you can do it, right? You know how to do it. Um, I would do it fine if it was me doing it. So you can do it. But that doesn't really work out because, you know, people don't really know every single thing that you know. Like they don't have the same aptitudes that you have or or abilities, um, or knowledge. And so like, I think the thing that has, I've had a little bit more success with is just, yeah, just not being so general in the things that I'm delegating, just kind of like being very specific, right. With these blog posts, it's like, I'm asking you to write a blog post about something you know about. So like, that's, you know, I can find people who can do that. And that's, you know, it's very concrete. They know what they need to do. They know what, you know, I know what I expect from them versus, you know, how I used to do things, which is just sort of like, okay, just start working. Just, you know, write some stuff. Yeah, that's good. Clear, clear expectations and directions are certainly yeah. helpful. And also kind of viewing it as like a delegation, like, like you're not necessarily giving work to like a person. You're sort of setting up a system to which you can give work. Um, because if you just give work to a person, Maybe you find a good person, but, you know, eventually that person quits and you have to find the other exactly right person. You know, it's just stressful because, you know, you're always sort of relying on this one person and, you know, your, your success depends on them sort of willingly doing what you want them to do as opposed to, you know, well, I can give this, like, I want to delegate this. I've got the system of several people 
and I can give this to one of them. If it doesn't work out, I can find somebody else who can do it. I really like that flexible approach that you took and that um, I think I've been trying um, as a result of your suggestion, which is like where I think like where you set the expectations is important and how like the big thing I've been trying to to uh, like get across to people is I don't mind like the pace of the work is is really flexible. Like I'm, I'm trying to hire a lot of people so that, you know, if I, if one person can't do something or doesn't have time or doesn't want to do something, that's totally fine. Like you, there will always be something else in the future. Like, you know, I'm not mad at you if you can't get to something, but don't, don't take something on that you're not going to deliver. So like once you actually agree to, you know, deliver something, then that's, that's the point where we want like, you know, consistent communication and, and regular, some kind of regular progress happening. Yeah. And then, and then have like an off ramp, like if, you know, cause things come up, like, you know, if you can't, obviously like if you commit to something and then for some you know reason you can't deliver, then, you know, tell us and we'll, we'll have some sort of off ramp so that you, you know, it doesn't like burn the bridge there either. Like, yeah, I think that's a really, that's a really important thing. So people don't feel trapped. They don't feel right. like, yeah, the, you know, you don't have these weird emotional things that just kind of like creep up where people are worried you're mad at them because they didn't do something on well, a specific yeah. day. Yeah, and maybe you are a little bit like, and and like if yeah, you get like in these weird like like tension can creep into those relationships, and you know, there's you know, there can be like small like passive aggressions and things, and it's like really, it's just you need to be communicating, and it needs to be like okay, like obviously you're not you're not, you're having trouble with this. Like why it's not, it's not the problem. Isn't that you're having trouble. It's just that I don't know what's, you know, I don't know what's happening so that we can like figure out, um, you know, what would be a better, a better thing for you to be doing or, or whatever. Yeah. That makes sense. Like you mentioned sort of an off ramp. It's like yeah. you have in the past, it seems like I've gone into some situations where the only planned for outcome was basically everything goes perfectly right. right. So then if I would um, like if I would delegate something and, and somebody would not do it perfectly right, then there wouldn't be any sort of plan for that. Right. Right. So I would get upset yeah. or I'd be like, oh, this person doesn't know what they're doing. When in fact, it's like sometimes that's going to happen. And so, you know, yes, it can be a little bit upsetting in the moment, but also like, I think it's important to be able to say, okay, like, I know how to handle this. It's in our playbook. So, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I don't have mm -hmm. to make a decision right now um, when I'm annoyed. And it's just, yeah, it's just not, not as personal. Right. Yeah. And I, especially if that playbook is shared between you, then it's like, there aren't, it isn't a surprise when whatever, you know, whatever outcome, like, however that's handled, because that's, that's the expectation. It's like, yeah, planning for all the other potential outcomes or whatever. You've been listening to Honey Badger. Yeah, I've been listening to Founder Quest, actually. Founder Quest? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. You've been listening to Founder Quest. Please review us on Apple um, Podcasts and just, I just got to go because this is just too much for me. I think that was great, Star. That, I think that's, <laughs> that's a wrap. Awesome. FounderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. 
where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week. <laughs>